Hey, welcome back to BeHaboneGirl.com and our coffee chats with experts. Today, we'll be covering how to not get divorced before you get married and other tips for combining households with Erin Doland from Unclutterer.com. Relax, pull up a chair, and join us for the Be A Bond Girl podcast, featuring mastermind coach and author of Fempowerment, Unleashing Your Inner Bond Girl, Sandy Shepard. This is Sandy Shepard of BeABondGirl.com, and today for our Coffee Chats with Experts, we have Erin Dolan, who is Editor-in-Chief of Unclutterer, and also she's at RealSimple.com. If you are in a constant state of disorganization, Erin will help you change. She has an amazing website at Unclutterer.com. I think everyone should definitely subscribe to this. Now, she was once a pack rat, so don't think that she's just a fanatic who's always been great at this. Her about on unclutterer.com states that she had every note she passed in high school, which I love. And so today we're going to learn a little bit of her tricks with respect to moving in together and living together, possibly getting married, and how we can make it not a divorce in your first 4.2 seconds. So hello, Erin. How are you doing? Great, great, great. It's beautiful and sunny here today, so no complaints about that. That's all a good thing. And we're, uh, so the listeners know, Erin is over on the right coast in the Washington, D.C. area, (laughs) and I'm over here on the left coast in the San Francisco area. So Erin, how did you get started? Yeah, the first foray, I guess, would be my husband and I combined our mm-hmm. households. So we got engaged. The wedding date was on the horizon, and I had an apartment, and he had an apartment. And so we combined on all day of days, two days before oh, Christmas, no. which, just so you know, none of your friends, no one wants to help you. <laughs> So we did it alone. And the fact that we made it through that experience, I think, says says more than anything else about our marriage. Um, but but uh, it was one of the most frustrating experiences of my life because my husband had lived in a 450 square foot mm-hmm. apartment and it was, you know, bedroom, office, living room, kitchen, literally all in mm-hmm. one space. And I had come from a 1200 square foot one oh, bedroom. Dear. And so we moved into an 850 square foot one bedroom and literally you could, you can even walk into our apartment. We, and you know, we just threw stuff in. And then what's interesting too is on Christmas Eve, we then got on a plane and flew to France. Oh boy. So we then come home from, you know, this beautiful vacation in France and we walk in and we can't even walk into oh, our no. house. We couldn't even walk into our space. And, and so my husband just, just looked at me and he said, no, no. <laughs> you know, just saw this look of panic on his face. He completely blocked it out while we were gone. And and so here he is just in a sheer state of, of terror. And and that's 
that's the exact point at which it reset. So it's sort of that the look in his eyes was the thing that motivated the look, the look in his eyes was nothing more than, oh, dear. <laughs> so, and one of the things I'll mention to my listeners as well is that you have a great podcast over on the Precision Change podcast, which is sort of about Clutter 101 and what's clutter costing you. And on that podcast, which I listened to, you also said he didn't really bring that much into the relationship and you kind of brought a lot. So how did you start yeah. winnowing things down? Um, well, Two weeks we lived like that um, with, I mean, like mazes and, and everything, <laughs> two weeks. And um, at the end of two weeks, he cleared a space off the couch, you know, so we could sit down. And he, you know, he held my hand and he said, we can't live this way. This is not how we start our life together. Oh, and I was like, oh, yeah. Mm, you know, and and. I've written before that I thought the problem was that we needed a bigger home. And his approach to it was we had just gone through the most evil move of our entire existence. And the last thing he <laughs> wanted to do was move ever again. And so for us, it was him sitting down and talking to me and saying, if we want to be together, really, this all of this stuff can't be. It's sort of you had three people and in the relationship, you, your clutter and your husband, it sounds like. Right, right. And I didn't even know up until that point that clutter could be yeah. a problem. Like it had just like I just assumed everyone kept yeah. every, you know, like like you said earlier, every note they passed yep. in high school. I, and that's that's completely miss. I mean, I'm downplaying that. I actually had every single note from sixth yeah. grade on. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, unfortunately, I think you and I were kind of in the same boat. <laughs> so right. Yeah, I mean, I. Every every grade graded paper yep. I ever got back from yep. the teacher all the way to kindergarten, yep. and I don't know why. I maybe I was going to reference it. You know, I it, it's one of those times in your life where somebody literally opens your eyes and you think, oh wow, I I don't really need all of all of all of this. So that's. I think that it's just I didn't even know that clutter could be a problem until that point. I, I just didn't. I always lived in spaces that were large right. enough. And so if I wanted to keep something, I could. And it never crossed my mind. Oh, wait a second. Right. You don't just because you have the space doesn't mean you have to. Right. hold on. To I, I remember when I was going from one situation to another situation, I realized I was going to need to downsize pretty significantly. I started with the notes from sixth grade and the graded papers. That's sort of where I started because I had them in boxes. It's just that I would have the boxes right. from place to place. And the one thing that made me laugh about myself was I said, okay, first I'm going to get rid of all the papers that aren't an A because if anybody ever, ever <laughs> finds these, I want to be perfect. And so that was sort of at least a start. And then I Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. And it was reinventing my own history, right? And right. so, and oh. so I, I started with that. And then I had just a box that was just like notes where I wasn't really a witch, shall we say, back and forth, you know, like I didn't want to be the, the mean girl that I obviously was. And so I was reinventing my past history. So it's all A papers and all nice letters and stuff like that. Trash bags of stuff went to the wayside because I was definitely not an A student my entire life. And that was sort of how I guess I got started. So how did you even start yourself? Um, we were walking. Actually, this happened like right before when we were moving in. I had, um, we call them Rubbermaid mm. coffins. Mm -hmm. I, I, 
I mean, literally, I could yep, fit in one. Yep. Um, so I had five oh of those, gosh. just full of stuff, just from college, and I'm pretty sure just from college oh, parties. Yeah. So like t-shirts oh, yeah. and trinkets okay. and you know whatever. Who who knows what was in there? Well, so one of them popped open while we were walking oh, up because it was a oh, walk yeah. up. So as we're going up the stairs, one of them pops open, and my husband whips out this <laughs> beer bottle. It's got beer in it. And it's, and it's Bud Light, and I'm actually allergic to Bud Light. So he's holding it up, and, and you know, he's kind of like waving it, and he's like, okay, tell me the story. What, what is this? And I was like, I don't know, but I think it's funny. Well, it's funny now, that's for sure. Right, right. And he's just like, wait, 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 you're storing an unopened bottle of beer that could at any point in time, the top pop off and ruin all of your treasures, you know, in this container, and you don't even know why. Oh. You're storing oh. it. And I said, mm, no, but it was really funny. I Put that I back in that. there. And, and, and that's just a bad place to be where you can't even explain why you're holding on to something that could potentially damage everything. And that you're else. allergic you know, to. I, mean, I do love that. And then I'm allergic to. I mean, I'm not going to drink it. It was, you know, let's see. That was oh, okay. 2000. No, 2001. Okay, so it's 2001. And um, that beer bottle is from 1992. Oh, right. So I've been toting. Who knows how many times it's oh moved? My god. Oh um, my god! Well, I, I I will tell you. I photographed everything, all, all of these mementos that I had kept, and I scanned all of Love my it. you know notes, and I scanned all of of my papers, and um, you know even with OCR, wow. so that if I ever want to search wow. it, I I can do that too. And actually, that's even actually more functional than it was, well, you know, where it was just in some bin I couldn't access. I have never right. once, never once opened any of right. those files on my right. computer. But I think it's just because I was somebody who was like that so much. It's just knowing it's there in in case, you know, which is, I think, why I was holding on to it in the first yes. place. It's like, well, what if I, I get older and I forget? Okay, well, I did forget. <laughs> I am older. And, and I am older and my life has continued just fine. <laughs> but it's there. And I did go through and what I did remember, I, you know, I did tag and I put notes on. And for me, I think it was the process of going through that, that was the experience that I think I had been holding on to the stuff for in the mm, first No, that really makes yeah. sense. And so for me, I, I do think it's funny, though, that I've, I've never once opened yeah. them up. You know, yeah, I, I hear you. I, that's the thing, though, too, is that because it sounds like you and your husband went into sort of a third space, right? And mm -hmm. I'm curious if you can recommend some thoughts so that people who are moving in, like my situation, I wound up moving into my husband's house, and he was fairly brutal about sort of none of my furniture came a lot of my boxes didn't come a lot of stuff didn't come a lot of my books which is the big oh and yeah. <laughs> and you and you and Duff and Priscilla Shades talked about books which is its own problem oh, right yeah. there it's a good thing my husband doesn't listen to my podcast because that way <laughs> that way he doesn't know that there's another six copies of crack personal development books coming off of half.com that I got for four dollars and how to negotiate that kind of stuff Without it literally yeah, I, becoming crazy make, I mean, how do you negotiate that? The way, the way that I've always recommended is that you negotiate over rooms. Mm. So one person gets the bedroom, one person gets the living room, one, you know, uh, the kitchen, and you break it up so, so that the argument isn't about mm -hmm. stuff, it's about space. And then once you decide on the space, then you have 
you know, you decide the design, you decide the layout, you decide the furniture, you decide what stays and, and what goes in, in mm-hmm. that space. So you still, especially for people who worry that it's a uh, me versus him or me versus her or, or whatever, if, if they see it as a power mm-hmm. play, that it, it stops being about things with which someone might have an emotional attachment. And it's, it's more about walls and floor and ceiling and and that seems to be a good place to to begin and and so once it's there then you can make the decisions about okay this is the bathroom and i only have three drawers and i do have to give my husband one drawer so can all of this stuff fit in that one drawer you know and so then you start to have have to make those decisions and have the control over that space and then when he makes other decisions in other rooms you you understand that he also went through that process and as long as you, people are communicating and caring hopefully nobody just throws out right. you know one person's stuff completely but that there is a, a a delegation and and i've found that that's one way to approach it so that no one has to give up complete you know complete control of power is an issue but i think i'm more like you in terms of personality in that i I just said, okay, these four mm-hmm. things are objects of issue mm-hmm. for me. You know, the the bedroom set my parents gave me as a graduation mm-hmm. gift from mm-hmm. college. And it's not his style in the least. But, okay, he didn't care at all about his bedroom set. Right. You know, he had no sort of attachment to it. And, and so I said, okay, I picked the bedroom. And, <laughs> you know... I pick my furniture and he said, okay, I pick my couch. Mm. And, and so for us, it was a, a, a give and take because we identified early on what were the three or five, whatever were the pieces that we were going to go, we were going to make an issue of. And we decided those completely independent of each other. And so when we came back, fortunately for us, there was only, I think, one piece of furniture that you know, either of us had an issue with, and it was a rocking oh, yeah. chair. And so we, we actually just ended up putting, since the bedroom was a space because of my, you know, my bedroom furniture, Uh-oh. and he had agreed to that, we just put the rocking chair in right, the bedroom. Right. And it, it wasn't out in the living room. Um, and and so at that point, everything else that wasn't the three to five, we decided, okay, those can't be right. issues. They're just things we have to just deal with in a way you might deal, you know, with an assignment at work and you just go through and you see what you have. But so those those two things in terms of, you know, either picking out the key pieces or going for the room by room, I I think that that helps diminish mine versus yours, any kind of struggle. It's funny because we had a rocking chair issue. I think we are the same person. And uh, my <laughs> rocking chair, which has been with me forever, literally, it, it was mine. Mm-hmm. It was like your bedroom set. And um, that was given to my mother when I was born. We're talking like a long time ago. It's not in great shape, but it's on the porch, which is fine. It's, you know, it looks very yeah. friendly and whatever, but he doesn't have to see it. Now, one of the things, either I read on your blog or I heard in Precision Change because I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could just talk about the idea that one of your listeners had, because I was thinking this would work really, really well when you're putting together households about putting the stickers on like appliances and stuff. Could you relate that one? Mm -hmm. I just thought that was brilliant, frankly. Right. It was actually a reader suggestion. Mm -hmm. um, And we we ended up writing about it on the blog. And I may may have mentioned it on Precision Change. I don't remember right now. But 
at every office supply store, they have those little dots that people use during garage Mm -hmm. sales and such. And you put them on all the Mm -hmm. appliances. I'm talking small appliances. Um, (laughs) Well, you could, but who knows? Right. But, um, you, you put them on all of those and then you do go ahead and you put things up in the cupboards. And in most spaces, not all, but they have those top right. shelves where you have to get on a step stool or, you know, something to reach those top shelves. And if you put the things up there, then they're not where you're going to be seeing them and tricking yourself into, oh, I have to mm. use that. But then after six months have passed, you open up the cupboards and you pull everything out. And the idea was that as you were using something, you would take the sticker mm-hmm. off of it because you want to hopefully clean it after you use it. So, you know, you need to take it off to put it in the dishwasher. Well, so then at the end of that time period, you look and see which of those pieces still have stickers on them. And those are the pieces that that can go. And if it's if you decide to do it during winter, well then, okay, your barbecue stuff may not have been been noticed. So maybe you put that back in there with a sticker on it and do it again in six months. But for most everything, if you haven't used it in six months, it's something that you can borrow from a friend. It's something that you shouldn't be sacrificing storage space yeah. to keep. And so if you're combining households, that's that's really great, especially if you have two of something and everybody's wondering which one mm-hmm. to keep. <laughs> Usually over a six month time period, you know which one you're yeah, picking. That was, you know that was exactly you're... what I was thinking, too, because we had some where like my toaster was way older than his toaster. So we got rid of my toaster and, you know, stuff like that. And, and one of the things that I suggest a lot and imagine that you have it over in um, D.C., but we have a really active one here in San Francisco is freecycle.org. I don't know if you've, you know, right. it's, it's, it's just enormous and it's so wonderful because somebody comes and picks up your little darling toaster that you really don't like. So your Aunt Sally syndrome, you know, sort of, oh, well, this was, right. you know, so-and-so's. Somebody does want it and it, it makes me very happy to know that it's going to somebody who's actually going to use that vacuum cleaner or whatever. But I love the idea where you have two things that are kind of equal. You do wind up using one of them, but once you figure out, yep, this is the one we've reached for, then the other one should go and should go pretty much immediately. Right, right. And and usually what happens is you just forget you have yes, one. Yes, that's true. And so that's why it's good. You actually have to open them up, you know, set aside a date on your calendar and just pull it all down. But, oh, yeah, we had that problem with a blender. Both of us came with blenders to the relationship, and mine was new, but his, you know, had those big yeah. blades at the bottom and the big glass, and it was, you know, it was industrial. And it did the job better. Well, and now industrial is totally yeah, That's true, too. You know, that's, uh... <laughs> so I wonder, do you think that sort of sitting down before you put your houses together over perhaps the martini or, you know, your libation of choice and talking about what a simple living mean to you. Do you think that would be something that people could really walk through? Are there any tips that you think might help people to have that conversation? What does simple living mean to one person versus the other person? Right. I think I actually think that that's a conversation that needs to Mm -hmm. happen continuously, Mm -hmm. repeatedly, because like my bedroom set now, I I'm ready to get rid of it. (laughs) You know, and we're redoing our bedroom and I'm just like, oh, why did I right. want to this? It's so big. It doesn't work in our space. But I wasn't at a at a place when we got married to make mm-hmm. that decision. You know, I just wasn't I, I just wasn't there. So it's a in, in my mind, it's a conversation that has to take place. And through the natural, you know, ebbs and flows of, of a relationship. But for us, we 
I'm trying to remember. I think we were just so excited about the place that we were moving mm. into that it was more like we were on, we, we kind of framed it as we were going to be on a television show where they do the, the redesigns oh, dear, of, of spaces right. and, 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 and it was kind of with that excitement of, oh, we have these possibilities yeah. and how can we create it and how do we want it to look? And we didn't approach it with, I'm going to win this conversation. Right. It's a battle. And, and, and I think it's because we framed the issue and being something we could both enjoy and, and talk about without it being a, a battle of any kind. And so I think that that's one way to do it. If knowing that that's a discussion you should have before you combine households, even just roommates combining households, I think that approaching it as this is going to be fun and exciting and it's, it's a change and think of all our possibilities. And what you might even find is that neither of you want to bring into the space something that sure. you have. You, that you you're looking more instead you you vision the the space to be created one specific way so you you think about what what new or different you can do as opposed to bringing in all of old you and I think that that's part of it too is just understanding that who you are no matter even if it's just a roommate situation but who you are is not going to be the exact same person when you when you leave that that right. space. And so do you want to stay in your same rigid ways? Well, obviously not, or you wouldn't be making the change in the first place. So it's just admitting to possibility of what's unexpected and what's new in front of you. And I think part of that is it is what you're saying about your situation, too, is that you wound up having this very intimate us time with each Mm -hmm. of the each of the items. And so it wasn't so much you and your husband in the clutter as its own separate entity. It was more like you and your husband against the things that might be kind of anchoring you back. Right. And, and, and I think that that's just it is that we wanted our life together to be more than stress about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very liberating to declutter, I think. Oh, very much so. And, and it's kind of fun. I know that sounds weird, but we did it together and oftentimes, um, one of us would tell a story yes. about what we were getting yes. rid of. And, and so, especially like for us in those, you know, those early days, um, it, it was a getting to know him and understanding and, and even learning how to predict like what was going to come. Like what, what was he going to, you know, yeah, what, what kind of things when we have children, I can tell you right now that there is, you know, some, Lego monorail set that he that he will find on eBay and our child will have it because as we were going through our stuff, he found a picture and it was in it and we talked about it and I learned about it. And I think that that that's not only was it liberating, you know, to go through the clutter, but it was also just wonderful to hear the stories and get to know him better. When I already thought at that point, I I thought I knew everything. I love that. That is so cool because it it makes well i mean the beer bottle story is going to be the one obviously i remember but it makes it makes it so so present all this clutter that mm-hmm. we're carrying around is by its nature past energy and mm-hmm. so by bringing the stories into your own collective it's almost mm-hmm. like you don't have to 
carry the thing with you anymore because now you have somebody that you're sharing that story with and that's what it's exactly what you said before it's sort of like you thought maybe you might forget about it but now you've actually shared the story and then the the beer bottle is not so important Mm -hmm. because somebody knows the story whether he remembers it or not you've shared that story now so it's a little easier to get rid of whatever that thing is that's really cool Right. Yeah. And and what's interesting, though, are the things I mean, we, we did have a good laugh. I mean, in the beginning, you know, I am I am going to tell you these <laughs> stories because this is Important. my stuff, you know. And by the time, you know, I, I, and I pull something out and I'd hold it up and, and he would be like, OK, what's this? And I I'd just shake my head and I, I, I it doesn't matter, you know, because at some point. I just had so much stuff. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Just so much yeah. stuff. So at at some point we both just, I mean, slap yeah. happy. Yeah. You know, we were not. Yeah. But what is interesting though is what we each chose. That's to what I was eat. thinking. And um, because we we talked about what you know what were the things we did want and and so the rocking chair mm-hmm. I mentioned that rocking chair was in my great grandparents' mm-hmm. home. It was the rocking chair that was in my grandfather's nursery. It was in my father and his twin brother's nursery. It was in our house and it's just a part. And he, he was actually the one. I mean, because like, like yours, it was just in disrepair. There was a spring that was poking (laughs) up. You know, you couldn't even sit on it. That's how bad it was. And he is the one who suggested, look, if this is something you treasure, let's take it down to, for us, it's, you know, yes, G Street yes. Fabrics. Let, let's have them fix the internal wires. Let's have them replace the fabric on it and make this into something, you know, that is a right, treasure right. so that we can use it and enjoy it. And when you look at it, it will bring the the joyful memories. You won't think, oh, ooh, I need to get right. that fixed. So we actually took it and and got it repaired, and it's beautiful. Um, Love that. Yeah. So it, it, what's interesting is since he knew that I was making these sacrifices with parting with my things, he just gave back a little bit, something that actually makes complete right. sense, right. you know, to actually honor those things you do choose yep. to keep. And so here he was just helping me yep. too. And and so I think that. If you have any level of communication, those kind of things naturally, naturally evolve. And I think that can't have those conversations ahead of problem. time. That's a, that's a big red yeah. flag. You know, that I'm, I'm not saying they're not going to be heated or you're not going to disagree, but if you can't approach the subject at all, that's, yeah, I think we should, you know, respect ourselves enough to know that we should at least be with somebody we can, you know, respect having a well and what you said about the chair too i think that's that's the neatest thing about clearing out clutter your husband's the one that took the rocking chair down and now it's wonderful and you can really sit in it i had a lot of art and my husband also had a lot of art and i came home one day and he'd actually hung all my art that he liked in Mm -hmm. on the walls i mean i almost cried it was such a great thing but it meant some of my stuff was already up and then I could I could talk intelligently about some of the other things that we needed to keep versus the things where we both went, you know what, there's an art consignment place in San Francisco. Why don't we take some of these there and make some money and buy some art that we like together? Right. What about art specifically in our home? We both collect different pieces and my father's a um, professional photographer. Oh. So just through the years, right. I've been given, you know, many, many gifts and so what we decided is that 
for art, we didn't want to part with mm-hmm, a lot mm-hmm. of it, but we knew we didn't, we couldn't hang mm-hmm. artwork on every single mm-hmm. surface mm-hmm. in our, you know, the countertop. Yes, exactly. in artwork. You know, we couldn't do that. So what we ended up doing, this is one of those things where you come together and the solution is often better than either of you had imagined in the beginning was we got an art gallery system. Oh, that's great. And so pretty much every yep. season, maybe every six months, depending on the year, we'll switch the artwork out. And when we do it, we make a, an event out of it and we invite our friends over and we have wine and cheese and we, we make a party out of changing the artwork I in our home. That. I mean, it's not, it, it, it's nothing major. And in the beginning, I think our friends were like, what are we doing? You know, but as time has passed, it's just a part of who we are and an excuse to have people I love over. that. And, and, and so it's like, well, what's come out of a problem, which was, we have too much yep. artwork has turned into this wonderful tradition that we really enjoy. So thinking outside of the box and just talking about it and brainstorming and had we had a battle over, okay, we have to pick right. which of these pieces were right keeping. for us. Okay. We didn't even get to the battle. We just said, how can we solve this yep. problem? If this is, if this is our yep. rule and one of us doesn't want to budge, then we need an answer and, and it needs to be something we can yeah, both live with. Yeah. I like the idea of the party. I may have to adopt that because we trade our art out too. It's the same thing where we are lucky enough to have a basement area because you can't put oils in the attic and you know, stuff like that. So we have a habit of trading things out, but we also really go through our bookshelves as well as trade things out. And I think that's important too from not only a decluttering but also a sort of feng shui purposes everything that you think has energy like your bed set it does have energy at that time and then to stay aware of the fact that the energy can move away from whatever that thing is and often you have to communicate that because your husband thinks okay well that bed set is a is a non-negotiable item whereas you're thinking you know what i'm kind of done with that and if it's not communicated then the bed stays because he thinks it's got to stay and you're not you know, communicating. So that's the thing too that we found is that is it suddenly I'm willing to let go of this non-negotiable item, which doesn't matter to me anymore, and it's always such a shock. I think my husband's very relieved. But <laughs> well, I was I was pretty surprised that I was ready to to let it you know to let it go, and it's actually still in in the bedroom right now. But but it's one of those things where you just. It's, I, I think it's the situation of if you love something, maybe you can set yes, it free, yes. you know, and, and, and just because, just because you don't love it with the intensity that you used to doesn't mean that, you know, it's somehow different. You're different. The, the objects yeah. are different and how you view the, the item. Yeah, I remember when I was doing a decluttering episode or podcast, one of the things that I talked about was sending things to their next best use. And often it doesn't mean that you don't love, beer to pick beer (laughs) that's now on my mind but to get champagne in your glass you have to give the beer to somebody else and and so sometimes what it is is especially free cycle and places like that where you can see people loving the things that you're just at the willingness stage to get rid of and then you get to allow the next best thing into your life i think Mm -hmm. right or i oftentimes someone will compliment me on something and i'll store it you know, in the back of my mind, like a, a bracelet that yep. I'm wearing or just something. And so then 
you know, a year later, I, re- I open up my jewelry box. I realize I haven't worn that bracelet in months. I'll just wrap it up and give it to my friend who complimented me on it because I know that she yeah. likes it, you know, and if she doesn't want it, she'll, she'll say, Oh, you don't have to give yeah. this to me and really mean it. As right. <laughs> that. But for the most part, every, actually every time I've ever done that, the person has been so excited to receive it and seeing them be excited about it makes makes you feel all warm and fuzzy because you realize okay I wasn't getting any use out of that and clearly they're going to get use out of it and you see that they do and so no I I totally agree with the next best home you know and that's perfect the re-gifting sort of thing as well especially with all of us you know money's always tight and gas prices are going up so money's you know tighter and all that stuff and honestly, I love that idea, too, because you look around and it could even be clothing. It could be a scarf and jewelry is a big one or something that you said in one of your your blogs. I think you sort of said, I'm like a raccoon, shiny, shiny, beautiful, got to buy it. And I'm just the same way. And you get it home and go, what, what was I thinking? But there's someone who when you give it to them, I, I would agree with you. It's amazing how much you can touch someone. And I think they love it because they know that they saw it on you. So it was one of your things. And we have a gift table now in our house where anybody that comes into our home has to sign a little guest book that we've got. And we have a gift table of stuff that we do really love. So we get to see it because it's on the gift, the gift table. But then everyone that leaves has to take something off the gift table when they leave. Mm. And so we get to see these things that aren't free cycle things, aren't goodwill things. It's kind of going to pain us when they go. But once they go off the gift table, we're so excited because somebody else really picked it and loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, that's that's a terrific idea. The other thing I was going to say is in my family on my mom's side, we have a tradition of once you get to be probably like 70, I think it's usually around the time, the women will sign um, in paint the bottom of the teacups. Oh. And saucers, and then they will go through the process of giving one teacup and saucer to someone in the family. And so my mom's one of a kajillion girls, and so they all have a teacup and saucer of their mother's china pattern. And they also, because they knew their grandmother, and she had a 12-piece set. So actually, all of the girls have a cup and saucer of their... Um, grandmothers too and then my mom has like two or three aunts and you know she has a collection of now I think it's like 11 different teacups and saucers that aren't hers I mean in terms of they came from other people's sets but they were they were gifts and so this is a collection that she has but it's because somebody else has taken the time to say okay I'm you know, I'm ready to pass this on. And so my mom is pretty excited because she just doesn't like dusting. So <laughs> she's already saying things like, do you want the teacup oh now? And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, please. I'm not ready to get the teacup yet. But, you know, she said, you know, sometime in the next 10 years, she's not only going to give me one of hers, know, but hers. Right. You know, and she'll give it. I'm the only I'm her only daughter. So, you know, but she'll also give them to my cousins and and other people in the family and probably a few friends. And it's just the way that it it works. And and so I think the idea of, you know, you don't have to die, you know, for somebody else to inherit something from you, that there is a a joy in, in giving that 
you know, and seeing somebody appreciate it in your lifetime too. So, and I think um, using it too, because that would be my next question for you. Or are you going to just put them on? She a does. That's the key. Yeah. Every she, she, my mom, my mom, she sounds British and she's not, but she has tea. That's awesome. Um, and she, and she has, you know, her friends over for, for brunch or afternoon tea. And, and, you know, it's part of the collection that she, awesome. you know, brings out that's on the table and people will choose which cup that's they like, awesome. you know, and, and, and they kind of pick a favorite over, you know, over time. And we do the same thing in our house. I guess our dining room table was made by a local sculptor. And it's a beautiful piece. It's, um, but it's a, let's see how many, eight, it seats eight. And so instead of getting eight yep. chairs that yep. matched, we decided to get eight different yep. chairs. And when we have people over, they, they pick which one and then they they will rearrange the table so that they can have their chair every time they come over I after really, that. I really have to take pictures of my house because we have the same thing. <laughs> I mean, this is getting a little creepy, I'm afraid. That, <laughs> that is a little, a little creepy. creepy. We, we have a table that actually my husband made, so it's a sculptural table, and we have eight different chairs around it that are all different styles of chair that he's sort of mm-hmm. fallen in love with. And we've gotten two chairs together and whatever. And when people come over, they pick their chair. That is creepy. Okay. That's, that's three things. <laughs> I, I think that we should never meet in person because obviously there would be a black hole or some sort of, but what's nice, what's nice for us is we're in such a small oh, space. Awesome. So it was actually fun yeah. because we didn't have to commit to just one and then not bring any other chairs into yes. the house. You know, we, we got to have the chair we yes. wanted, you know, and, and so for, you know, our tiny, our tiny home, it's, it's really interesting because it was more like, Oh, we get to buy more furniture. Yes. You know, the shiny, shiny, shiny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and so for us, that was also one way that we could bring more of ourselves into a small oh, space. Oh, that's fab. And I think that's the thing that people don't think of too is, is to me, we, we have a number of um, pieces of glassware that I inherited. And so like martini glasses from the forties and, you know, stuff like that. And now we've broken a few because we do use them. And when we break them, we have sort of a little special grace that we say over this thing, you know, or whatever. So it doesn't just go in the trash, but we're using that stuff. Otherwise, it really is clutter. I mean, anything that you're just dusting and not using, that's my definition of clutter. It may be beautiful to you, but is it really? You know, do, or do you have it because mm-hmm. it's a work of art, which is which is a different sort of thing? Or is it a bunch of glasses or your quote unquote good china or your good this or your good that? The good should be for you. So, you know, mm-hmm. and of course, I promise to keep you on the phone only about half an hour and then I've completely <laughs> totally blown it. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry. Don't. <laughs> so it has been delight. I really appreciate you taking time with us. I am addicted to your website <laughs> and I, I'm completely addicted to the unitasker um, day. We have two really good ones coming uh, up, by the way. Oh, so Aaron's got a thing and it's, is it Wednesday? And, uh, and she comes up with all sorts of things. And, and uh, one of them was a martini shaker. And I'd gotten that from Mr. Martini, who had also done something on it sort of the same week. And so I comment. That was my one of my few comments on Aaron's website. I'm like, wait, this must be really big because I've just gotten this from two blogs that I, that I look at. 
And, uh, and we've had our own discussions about, you know, if you really use the unitasker, is it silly unitasker? It's kind of a philosophical question. And, uh, Erin's got her, her ice cream maker that's a unitasker, but she uses all the time. And I've got my cherry pitter that is a unitasker that I use all the time. So we've got our little defensive mechanisms for our unitaskers. But anyway, um, I, I just am so honored that you spent some time with us. I hope that my audience subscribes to your blog because it is just so much fun and you've got such great ideas and they're not big ideas. They're things that you really can do with your life and put into your life every day and think about and got little tips that I think every day when I read your blog, I kind of think, oh, you know, that's a great idea. It's not like somebody who's saying, um, okay, now it's time to to clean your entire house because the spring cleaning, it's like, oh, no, I can't do that. I must read something else now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Those are very, very kind. Uh, well, very and kind. I hope that um, perhaps we've given people some ideas for the, for the don't get divorced before you get married um, <laughs> decluttering of your house. And, and uh, hopefully we can meet again in a couple of months and we'll come up with uh, something again because I absolutely – love your blog and I love that we were able to put you on the podcast as well. Well, thank you so much. It has been truly well, delightful. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. I hope that you enjoyed our chat with Aaron Doland from unclutterer.com as much as I obviously did in editing this podcast. There was a lot of laughter, but I hope that you're taking a few tips away in between the giggles. If you have any experts that you would particularly like us to interview, whether they're bloggers or podcasters or even people that you'd like to point out to us, please leave us a comment or call us on our listener call line or email us at sandy at beabondgirl.com. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Bye. is neither affiliated with nor endorsed by Eon Productions, Sony Pictures Entertainment, MGM Studios, or United Artists. This podcast is copyright 2008 by 00 Productions. All rights reserved. Fempowerment and Fempower are registered trademarks of 00 Productions. 
For more information, visit BeABondGirl.com. Our goal? To build a better world, one Bond girl at a time.